0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Estates Made Simple podcast. Uh, today, we are here with Jenna Carvello and Gordon Vanderleek, your hosts. We are excited to talk about all things estate administration. How are you, Gordon?
1: We're doing great. We're doing great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to this uh, this episode. And as uh, uh, we talked about beforehand, we wanted to focus on um, this on this episode being from the perspective of a beneficiary. So typically our conversations are what about the uh, looking at things through the lens of the role of the executor and that fiduciary responsibility. But um, we thought it'd be interesting to talk about those estate administration areas from the perspective of the, of a beneficiary, right? I think we all hope um, we might be a beneficiary of an estate someday. That's always nice to get the check uh, and and to be part of that. So we thought, uh, why not focus on some a few points to consider uh, in the role um, of the of the beneficiary? And uh, yeah, I, I think the first tip that we had talked about that we want to put out there is patience uh, to be patient mm-hmm. uh, with mm-hmm. regard to the administration. So kind of uh, touching on the perspective of well, how long is this going to take anyway? Uh, so maybe you can uh, uh, kick off there because I suspect. Uh, When you had that uh, role as a uh, working for the trust company, you got that a lot Uh, where, you know, show me the money Uh, and, and having to have conversations with beneficiaries about those, you know, appropriate expectations. So why don't you, why don't you kick off this first tip and give us some perspectives.
0: Yes, of course. Um, Well, great introduction to that tip because I think that would be my number one piece of advice for any beneficiary listing. The average estate in Canada takes between 12 and 24 months to administer, and that's without any additional complexities um, if everything goes smoothly. So if you have that initial timeline in mind, um, it gives you a little bit of a greater understanding that your Your inheritance will take some time to to receive. Um, you know, I, I i wish I could guide each beneficiary day by day telling them all the steps that are taking place and and uh, what they can expect. But it's they really don't understand to a great extent all the duties that an executor has to do. There's so many different priorities, so many different timelines in place. Um, executors are often waiting for a lot of government agencies to, you know, get documents back. So for example, for the grant of probate, that takes some time, um, as well as CRA, when they apply for final clearance on the tax status, that takes time. So all these things are often outside of the executor's control and, uh, and it's really, really helpful for beneficiaries just to take a step back and let the executor, you know, do what they do best and, and get the job done, um. You know, often beneficiaries often think that they can do the estate really quickly. They can go into the bank, collect all the assets out of the bank accounts and distribute it. Um, but again, as as our listeners know, that's that's not the way an estate works. There's definitely many steps that need to be completed before a distribution can be made. And uh, a little patience goes a very, very long way,
1: yeah, exactly. and and, um, you know, from a legal perspective, there is a six-month limitation period that uh, where there could be challenges to the will or claims put forward. Uh, people who feel they um, are entitled to something in the estate that wasn't um, given to them um, through the will, then in, in that circumstance, they can advance a claim and they have with uh, within six months to do that. So, that creates that six-month limitation period. So, the standard advice would be, um we first got to get the grant to probate and as as you already alluded that could take a bunch of time and and um you know that's not going to happen uh immediately um after the funeral that 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 the information for the application has to be gathered it then has to be processed then has to be signed and then it has to be submitted and then you've got to get the grant uh the judge has to approve it so once the justice approves it then and you get it in hand well that starts the clock running on that six-month limitation period. So right even there, you can't, you know, you shouldn't do anything for that six months while you wait for people to, you know, potentially make a claim against the estate. Um, mm-hmm. So with with that being, you know, and then of course as you point out, CRA is they take their they take their time uh, in terms of processing items. And you got to hire the accountant, file the tax return. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really really good comments about that, and I think um maybe speak a little bit to sort of what your experience was on on the communication strategy and I guess looking at it from the perspective of the beneficiary it almost sort of touches on what should an executor do to keep you know, ensure they set appropriate expectations uh, for the beneficiary seems to me good communication at the front end would solve a lot of problems um you know in terms of relationships with beneficiaries but um uh, you know looking at it from the perspective of of the beneficiary what what might be an expectation of appropriate communication at the front end from the executor
0: yeah, well, I think you're right, in that communication is, is key. Um, so I would find that the most successful estates um, are the ones that communicate right at the beginning and every few months. Um, you, you know, a written letter, all the steps that have been done to date. This is what we're waiting for now. Uh, this is what you can expect. Um, just an ongoing, you know, open line of communication is so helpful for the beneficiaries' questions to get answered. And then, you know, by having open communication the beneficiaries aren't wondering where their money is because they're they're aware of what's going on and and have a little more understanding and a patience in in that yeah. way. And I know we talked about it before if if it's quiet and you you start building stories in your mind, you start thinking okay, well is the executor even doing anything? Um are they taking the money, using it for themselves? And so that's why uh you know every few months I think is a good cadence to uh to communicate with beneficiaries.
1: Yeah. Which It's interesting, um, under the surrogate rules, there's an obligation to report at minimum two years after the date of the grant of probate. But that would be really bad from the executor's perspective if you sort of, I'm going to wait two years to communicate. I mean, if you were the beneficiary of the estate, right, you'd want to know what's going on. So I agree, just setting the expectation of don't call me every three days, um, but, you know, I will report to you this often. Right. Or as circumstances yeah. required, I think would be good strategy on the part of the executor, um, you know, from uh, looking at it from a beneficiary's perspective. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and I'm interested, what's your number one tip for beneficiaries?
1: Yeah, I think for the beneficiaries is I think it strikes that balance between, um, you know, you the beneficiaries are the ones that that have to hold the executor accountable. I mean, obviously, there's rules the executor has to follow. Um, But the court doesn't do it. I think a lot of people just assume, well, there's a judge out there that's kind of supervising the executor. No, the beneficiaries have to supervise. And if there's a problem, it's up to the executors to hold the uh, sorry, up to the beneficiaries to hold the executor to to account. Now, typically exec uh, beneficiaries would not go out and hire um, a lawyer in the normal course. Uh, They don't you know, they rely on legal counsel, guiding The executor and the executor doing what you just said, which is making open and regular communication, being transparent of what's going on, even if it is, well, nothing has happened. Well, just knowing, hey, we're still waiting for this. Here's the update. Here's the report. I think is helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And and, and then you stay on a cadence that is reasonable and agreed to at the front end would solve a lot of, you know, help get that that information. Um, But you you are entitled to information in relation to the to the estate and I think you want to familiarize yourself with well what are the obligations of the executor and we talk about that um, you know we have talked about that in prior um, uh, podcast episodes and we'll continue to talk about it so if you're a beneficiary uh, Mm -hmm. this is a good podcast to listen to because we're going to talk about things that the executor is supposed to do and if that's not happening I would say approach the executor, but if you're not getting any communication, well, that's where maybe a lawyer getting involved um, might facilitate that communication. And I've I've done that from time to time where I get hired by the beneficiaries and I start with, um, you know, sort of a, a stance of cooperation. Well, maybe they're just going through a tough patch and and everything is fine. They just don't know how to communicate that or they they don't realize their responsibilities. They don't have a lawyer helping them. So maybe we can straighten things out so yeah. um, with with that I I would say you would want to get legal advice if you're not getting communication and you're reaching out to the executor and they're not responding um, you don't want to let it go too far because if there is a problem the sooner we identify it as a pro- a problem the uh, the better so if there um, certainly there's if there's no communication um, with regard to the regular things that are happening i mean if six months has gone by and there's no opportunity or no discussion with regard to distribution that would be a reason to say hey what's going on Um, oftentimes if you are the beneficiary of a specific item that's typically dealt with fairly early on in the administration of the estate if you're a residual beneficiary that might take to the end certainly if it's if it's gone beyond the two years you have a statutory right to say um, i'm going to compel you to provide an accounting, and certainly in the administration of the estate, you would want to make sure that the um, distributions are happening at an appropriate time. If a lot mm-hmm. of time has passed and there's been no discussion uh, about a distribution and the estate is pretty straightforward, that's a red flag to say, well, why why isn't the executor talking about an interim distribution? Why is it taking so long? This isn't that complicated. Right. So that might be a warning sign that there's, you know, things are maybe dragging on and the executor is not pursuing their their responsibilities. So um, I think you you want to make sure um, they're doing their job, but give them sufficient time to be able to do it and uh, see if if they've fallen off the track of proper communication, give them an opportunity to get back on. If you have to go to court and get I mean, the ultimate remedy is get them removed. And if you make that application to the court, you want to build the evidence that, well, you tried all the, you know, lots of different ways to fix the problem before going to court. Um, but, but yeah, waiting too long is not necessarily the answer as well. But a lawyer can help um, with with the communication. And if you're getting stalled at that point, then your recourse is to go to court. But yeah. if the executor gets a letter from the lawyer going, you, how can we help move this forward and can you please let us know what's going on? It's cooperative. It's, um, you know, it's not threatening in nature. Um, you know, usually that can turn things around and people go, Oh, sorry. You know, here's an explanation. Let's get it back on track and everybody's working to the same objective because the, um, the obligations of the executors to do a distribution as expediently as possible, that is going to vary from, from file, you know, from case to case. Uh, no estate is different, and a more complex estate will take a longer time to do a distribution. Um, but uh, those would be the signs: no communication, uh, no distribution, or it's pretty clear they're not following the clear instructions of the of of the will, or you're hearing problems um, from other sources. I had one beneficiary that a creditor was calling the beneficiary, going because mm. they knew they were part of the family, is going like, why is my invoice not being paid? Or, you know, so that gave rise to saying well okay they're clear they're not paying the bills that's a bit of a problem so it started a conversation uh, on yeah. on that yeah
0: and, and you know, is there even when the beneficiary first reads the will um, and they think that maybe they're not getting the amount that they should, especially if they've been a dependent on the deceased, um, that would be another example of a time where they should seek legal advice just to yes. know what their inheritance should be and if they should fly, file a claim against the estate as well. Would, would you have any comments on that?
1: yeah no great point uh you we were talking about sort of the normal administration of the estate but I, I appreciate you bringing that forward because if um where you would get need to get legal advice is do you have a claim against the estate you know if you are financially you're right if 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 there was a financial dependency between the deceased person and a and a family member you have a right to bring family maintenance and support claim against the estate you have to do that within six months right so there's a time limitation um And in fact you need the permission of the court if you miss that deadline and the court may not give it to you right Mm -hmm. i was involved in a case where somebody missed the deadline um they just didn't get it filed within within time and we went to court and it and and we ended up settling that matter um but there was a really real risk that the person would have lost their rights because they didn't file on time within that six months so yeah if under, under alberta law which is different than bc law um, yeah. in relation to a will's variation claim, you have to prove financial dependency. Um, but if you also think there's a challenge to the role of the executor, or if you believe the will's not valid, there's you can go through formal proof of will um, and uh, challenge the will as being the appropriate wishes of the deceased. So those would be other reasons you would want to get advice if you think you have a claim. If you're not sure, better to get the advice and say no, you don't have a claim, then you know you you can't sit on that um, and you lose your rights after that six months.
0: Yeah, which would be so unfortunate.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, you know, especially if that's if that's needed. Now, hopefully, if the person, um, if it's a parent that died, leaving money for a children, they would have made that proper assessment. Uh, but sometimes people pass away without a will, and they never did the proper planning. So then it creates those claims. So if somebody's on on age, the assured income for the severely handicapped, they have a long-term disability, uh, they, they they would potentially have claims against the estate. Or if you were separated from the person, your spouse, and that spouse passed away, you may have rights. Under the family law act or you know, in in terms of the matrimonial claims against the assets of the estate as a surviving spouse, if 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 there was not adequate provision or you otherwise have property rights that need to be adjudicated by the courts, those would be another reason to to put those forward.
0: Well, and so if any beneficiaries are uh, listening fall under those categories, you know who to go to. Gord, <laughs> a
1: little plug for you, Gord. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I think I gave you a plug the other uh, the other day, so this is this is good that you uh, uh, are returning the fa- the favor. Mut- mutual admiration society here. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, let's uh, maybe that third. Uh, we talked about a third tip. Maybe that's uh, we can wrap up the podcast talking. Um, uh, about that third tip, I really like uh, um, this one about not counting your chickens. Why don't you uh, thoughts on that?
0: yes, this is a, a common mistake that many beneficiaries make is they spend the money before they receive it from the estate. They take a look at the total value of the estate. They multiply it by their percentage they're receiving, and they think that's what they're getting. Um, but they've they've uh, not taken into account two things. One is the time required to actually receive those funds. And two, there's expenses in the estate that need to be paid um, before they actually get the, the rest of, of their inheritance. So um, don't count your chickens, as as you mentioned, um, because many unexpected things could come up in the estate. Uh, CRA might take longer than expected. I've I've once waited for a clearance certificate for over two years on a standard file just because it was being reviewed by another you know another person at CRA um, so it's it can take longer than you expect A uh, creditor might come out of the woodwork and say the state owes them this much money which reduces your share of the estate um, so it's it's really important to just be patient and uh, and keep your expenses at a minimum until you actually have the money in hand and you can uh, put that to the bank.
1: But you're saying that story, I'm reminded of an estate a number of years ago where uh, a beneficiary called going, well, when am I getting money because I bought a boat and I need to go pick it up because it it's <laughs> spring and starting a boating season. And, and, and they, they went and spent their money. And I had to, I was the bearer of bad news going, well, you better go get a, a loan for like, you're not going to get a check anytime soon. And he was flabbergasted going, he just thought, okay, I'm, you know a couple of months, I should have a big check and went out and bought a boat. Um it's like that, that that's that's sort of counting the chickens, right? I mean, that's that's making an assumption. Um, yeah, so don't do that. Uh, in in that in that situation, I guess to add to what you said, I think um, certainly the amount owing for taxes is never known. When you're filing yeah. the application for the grant of probate, you can only make I mean, you might even have an estimate, you but you probably don't. Um, and it's going to take quite some time to figure out what is owed. So pick, if there's more complex assets that may give, you know, who knows how much capital gains there are. If there's recreational property, we got to do valuations and figure out what the tax is on, on, on that. Uh, we had one estate where the person passed away. They hadn't filed tax returns for 10 years. Well, oh, guess no. what? That delayed the administration of the estate that the beneficiaries were unaware of that. Of course they would be right. I mean, but they just assume, oh, this should be wrapped up in a couple of months. Well, it took a couple of years, yeah. right? But to try to get all the information to file 10 years worth of, of tax returns. Um, and so to layer on what you're saying, maybe a, another way of saying it, the probate application rec- typically rec- um, will lay out assets and liabilities of the estate as best known at that point in time. Point number mm-hmm. one, we may not know all of them. We already talked about saying we... We, we have no idea what Canada Revenue Agency is. Um, you know, maybe we know the, the cost of the funeral, but we don't know the legal expenses. We don't know mm-hmm. the accounting expenses. There's been no judgment as to what appropriate executors compensation is. And all those debts are not listed on the court papers. So I find what people do is they yeah. get the probate application, which you're, you know, they get it by registered mail and here it is, or under the new system, they they get it um, through the um, surrogate digital service portal uh, by email saying, here's the application. So they t- you're right, they take that number, divide by the number of beneficiaries, that's what I'm going to get. That's never what you're going to get. Yeah. So hopefully part of the communication plan would be a, a forewarning beneficiaries of going, we could have expenses in the order of such, right? Mm-hmm. If an estimate can be made, but that's even sometimes difficult to make those kind of estimates. But always assume it's gonna be less than what's on the probate document. It always is, right? Because yeah. the the expenses of the estate are not recorded, yeah. which begs the question whether it's a very useful process to put that in the probate application at the front end. Under the new rules, you can actually, um, you have six months in which to amend. So a lot of times people will go, I'm just gonna put in a to be determined. And then six months later, when I have a better idea, then I'll file it. Um, which almost is better from a communications perspective looking at it from the beneficiary. So, yes, I would support what you're saying is saying, just assume there's going to be um, some expenses um, that is going to grind down that amount, and um, you get it when you get it. and 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 it could take a while. The other um, story that comes to mind, maybe to layer on um, as an example, what you're talking about, um another problem is what about litigation? We talked about the possibility that somebody may advance a family maintenance and support claim, but um, I I was involved in an estate, pretty simple, straightforward situation, and um, the family wasn't even aware about it, but it turned out mom got into a car accident a couple months before she passed away. So now now there's, you know, somebody was claiming an injury, and it took about three and a half years to wind its way through the courts, as these things do. Right. Mm -hmm. So there the beneficiaries had to wait for no fault of their own because mom got in a car accident and hurt somebody. Right. So there are things that are just outside of everybody's control. That's not the executor's fault that but we just we couldn't do a distribution in the estate because if there was a possibility that that in this case, there was a possibility the plaintiff, the plaintiff's claim would have exceeded the coverage under the insurance policy that mom had on the car. So therefore there would have been a claim against the estate. Therefore the executor could, n- you know, cannot do a distribution until that claim is resolved or they're personally on the hook for it, right? Cause part of the role yeah. of the executor is to deal with all the creditors of the estate. So there's an example of lots of things that can go wrong. So just be careful um, with regard to it and be patient, right? And uh, Because there's lots of things from a legal perspective that can derail a timely administration of the estate. Hopefully yeah. it's not because the executor's not doing their job because hopefully the executors are listening to us and they're knowing exactly what they need to do <laughs> and they're getting proper advice um, or it's a professional executor and they 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 know their responsibilities. But um, yeah, just maybe um, in closing, any other thoughts that come to mind or concluding thoughts with regard to looking at an estate administration through the eyes of a beneficiary? hmm.
0: Uh, the the one other comment I would make is sometimes the beneficiary can require too much information and it delays the estate. If you're constantly following up with the executor, asking the smallest of questions, asking you know very detailed minute information, um, it's going to delay the estate administration. So I would be hesitant of, and and be cognizant of what you're asking and make sure it's important.
1: Yeah. And I would say uh, the other thing that I think is um, adds to the cost of the administration of the estate uh, if the beneficiaries are all barraging the executor um, all at different times, right? Um, or sometimes I have beneficiaries calling me as the lawyer.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: My job is to sort of work through the personal representative of the estate. Uh, but even if the beneficiaries, if there's multiple ones, picking one person who's the spokesperson. Um, would facilitate communication and avoid the same uh, message being said over and over. Because if the executor is accounting for their time, as a beneficiary, you can grind down the ultimate inheritance by virtue of, you know, asking needless or uh, tangential questions that are immaterial um, because the executor has to respond to it, right? So be careful, um, you know, sort of pick your battles, and then I think if the parties at the front end agree, let's just communicate this way and be reasonable with each other. That will maximize the value of the estate and reduce costs of administration. So just bear in mind that you you have an obligation or like a duty to hold the executor to account, and you're entitled to information, you're entitled to an accounting and to a report, um, but act in a you know like do that in a mindful way, you know that in 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 Out of self-interest to maximize the value of the estate.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally agree.
1: So that's great. Good, some good closing uh, remarks. So to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I think in our next issue, we're going to talk about what are the different types of assets in the estate, and how do you deal with them in your will, and and some considerations from a maybe from a planning perspective about how to facilitate and make. Uh, a smooth administration of the estate. So I look forward to chatting about that. Um, If that topic or other topics like this um, uh, interests you, please subscribe and uh, we appreciate uh, that support. So until uh, until our next time, Jenna, uh, stay well and uh, and we'll talk soon.
0: Yes. Thank you, Gord. Talk to you soon.